Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for October 8, 2023. Today's Gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 to 46, the parable of the tenants. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, <clears throat> they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. New International Version I once saw a guide dog gently pressing on his blind owner to go a certain way, but the man didn't go that way. The dog kept pressing until the blind man kicked his dog. And then the guy walks smack into a parked car on the street. We can sometimes think too much of ourselves and tend to believe that what we say and do and think are right until we walk into a parked car looking like a fool. We need, of course, to listen to God. Yet because we cannot see God, it's too easy to treat the Lord as if He were an absentee landowner. Today's parable is about who will inherit the kingdom of God. The religious establishment of Christ's day were not characterized by Christ's beatitudes. They thought they were okay. They were really like a blind man kicking the guide dog, believing their way was right. There are five truths illustrated in this parable that we need to grasp. The point of the parable is that Christ is looking for people who do God's will and produce righteous fruit. Before we get into those truths, let's get the cast of characters straight. The landowner is God. The vineyard is Israel, God's people. The tenants that the landowner put in charge are the religious leaders. The servants are the Old Testament prophets of God. The son is Jesus. First truth. God is patient and long-suffering. 
God is like the guide dog who gently and lovingly keeps nudging, trying to get the person's attention. In the parable, God's people are likened to a vineyard. Jesus drew much of his teaching from the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 5, Israel is likened to a vineyard that God carefully takes care of, looking for fruit, but not getting any. For Jesus to tell the parable about a vineyard gained the attention of people who knew the scriptures. Like Isaiah, Jesus pictured God as having a persistent, patient love for people, even when the tenants rebel and try to throw God out. The landowner, God, has planted, put in a wall, dug a wine press, built a watchtower, rented it out, sent the servants. All these verbs describe a God who put a lot of time and energy into the vineyard. Even today, God still fusses over the vineyard and is looking for people to produce fruit in keeping with a genuine sense of righteousness. The second truth. Humanity, especially the religious leaders, are sinful. In contrast to God's love and care is humanity's persistent rebellion. The picture is of people who are hell-bent on rejecting the love of God. God's patient love is met each time with a heightened hardness of heart on the part of the tenants. Jesus wanted the crowd to feel the situation of the landowner, who goes beyond normal conventions in continuing to send servants, and the tenants' violence in response. God feels the weight of human sinfulness. Because the landowner is absent and we cannot see him, we may forget or not realize that God feels the full range of emotions. Each person who goes their own way and refuses God's love does not respond to God's efforts to see fruit produced. And any system that is imposed contrary to God's good order and care, all of that grieves God. Jesus later expressed his own grief and longing in Matthew 23. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. The third truth, the son was sent as the final act. Any normal landowner would throw the tenants out after the first sending of servants that didn't go well. Yet God, the landowner, knew what he was doing. Jesus actually summarized the plot line of the Old Testament and of our lives as well. The history of salvation moves like this through Scripture. God loves people. People keep rebelling against that love. God keeps pursuing people. Then. God does the unthinkable by becoming one of us. Jesus stepped into this messy, messy, bloody, and violent world full of hatred and hardness of heart. Then the son was killed and thrown outside. The fourth truth, God's judgment is awful. Jesus drew his listeners into the story and invited a response to what the landowner would do after all of the overtures to the tenants. The listeners responded that he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, 
And in a sense, Jesus says, you are them. Jesus invited them to remember and realize the scripture by looking at it as the son who was killed. He let the crowd know that rejection of the son results in the son becoming the most prominent person. Jesus wanted them to look at their Bibles and see Christ. He was rejected by his own, which will result in a pulverizing judgment, like a stone falling on a person. And the fifth truth, God replaces the whole crew. God is transferring the kingdom of God from the proud and hard-hearted religious insiders to the repentant, soft-hearted outsiders. The self-righteous people failed to accept Jesus because of their insistence on being right. The spiritual beggars accept Jesus and God's love and are the true subjects of the kingdom. The supposedly spiritual people who had all the religious traditions failed to see what those traditions really point to. We don't own the kingdom. God does. God calls the shots and has every right to expect people to produce the fruit of mercy, purity, and peacemaking in keeping with a humble heart that desires genuine righteousness. Maybe this parable seems a bit distant from us. To help us hear the story of Jesus as his original hearers heard it, I'm now going to restate the parable in a contemporary form. Listen to another story about who is really a Christian. There was a landlord who built an upscale apartment building. The landlord spared no expense in creating apartments that were comfortable and homey. Everything he designed and built was with the care of someone who thought about what people would need and like most about a place to live. He included a host of amenities to his apartments because he really wanted the people to have as much joy living there as he did designing and building them. The owner put a gate around the complex so that the apartment community would be safe and secure. He hired a security firm to keep watch over the apartment complex. Then when every detail was in place, the landlord rented out his apartments. But he didn't just rent them out. He wanted to see the joy on the faces of the renters when he made a contract with them that included an entire year's free rent. After that first year, when it came time for the first rent to be due, the landlord did not receive a single rent check. He was puzzled about this, so he decided to send some of his employees to collect the rent in person. While the renters were in one of the large common lounges enjoying being together, they saw the landlord's employees coming from a distance. So they hatched a devious plan. Over their year of living in the beautiful apartments, they began to think they were especially special, and not like other people who lived in places that weren't as nice as where they lived. They gained such a twisted idea of their own importance that they believed they didn't need to pay rent, and no one was going to tell them what to do. After all, they deserved to live where they did. They have a right to it. They don't need to answer to anyone including this supposed landlord, who they have never seen in this last year anyway. Then the renters took the landlord's employees and beat one, killed another, and took a baseball bat to a third. They took the bodies and threw them in the dumpster behind the building. Then the landlord, 
not wanting to evict his renters even after such a terrible experience, sent some other employees more than the first time. But the renters had no guilt about what they had done and did the very same thing to the second group of, of employees. Even after this, the landlord was reluctant to let the law take over and decided to send his own son to collect the rent so that the renters could keep living in his apartment. But when the renters saw the son, they said to each other, Hey, look, the guy sent his son. If we kill him, then we can forget about the old man and claim the whole apartment complex for ourselves. After telling this story, Jesus asked all the church people listening, When the owner of the apartment complex comes, what do you think he will do to those renters? The crowd was into the story and replied, He's going to judge those ungrateful murderers and replace the whole bunch of them with all new renters. Then Jesus said to them, Have you never read in your Bibles that the son who was rejected and killed has become the most important person of all? The scriptures are all about the son. So I am telling you that even though you have been in the church all your life, it is not yours. I'm going to replace the whole lot of you with people who are humble and sensitive to sin, people who know they don't deserve the nicest place to live in the world. If you persist in ignoring the sun, all you have to look forward to is God's judgment. When all the important church people heard Jesus' stories, they knew he was talking about them, and even though they saw themselves in the story, they still wanted to do their own thing. They did not change one bit. Instead, they decided to be sneaky and try to do away with Jesus in their lives without getting in trouble. The kingdom of God and Christ's church is not an entitlement, and it does not inoculate us from God's judgment. We must produce fruit in keeping with repentance. God is gently nudging us like a guide dog. Will we respond in humility and turn where the Lord wants us to turn?